Welcome to the Newsbusters podcast with the executive editor of Newsbusters, your host, Tim Graham. Hello and welcome. It was another weekend without Brian Stelter on CNN, which you got to admit, it's tough on all those people who can't stand that Rachel Maddow only works on Monday nights. Stelter did show up on the Airy Melber show last week with the usual Zucker Zucker vibe. Oh, poor journalists. He said, it's an incredibly hard problem to solve. This torrent of lies directed at an institution that's trying to get to the truth. Brian Stelter sounds like he's stuck in 2017. Back when it was all the rage to say, we're for truth, you're a torrent of lies. We're facts first. No, you're not. You're a silly Stelter. It's easy to pose as we are the forces of truth, at least when Trump is president and you get to be oppositional. But it starts looking ridiculous when Biden wins the presidency and suddenly holding government accountable no longer matters. You can see all of this still working out when Meet the Press with Kristen Welker debuted with an interview with Donald Trump, the same kind of interview with Donald Trump that you usually get, where there's a lot of interruptions and a lot of telling the president he's full of beans. Despite that, the lefties were all running around on Twitter with the hashtag boycott meet the press. We talked about that the other day, that there's a segment of the left that just can't stand that an opposing point of view gets to talk, and especially a you know, a riot-inducing point of view by their lights. So they had this discussion on The View, Nick Fondacaro reports. Anna Navarro said, I wish she had not done a Trump, inter- a Trump interview as her first one, because I think nobody ever wins with the Trump interview. Nobody looks good because it's like interviewing an insane person. Actually, it is interviewing an insane person. Take off the like. See, they get upset because they feel like Trump wins every interview. And I'm sure with people who are 100% make America great again, never take my red hat off my head, Trump's going to win every interview. Um, but that's the objective reality is Kristen Welker won't let him finish a sentence. This is That's kind of what we're used to. Brian Stelter was used to that on CNN, you know, when they would interview Kellyanne Conway. We're going to interview, interrupt every half a sentence. Now, they obviously sort of prepped this in advance because Sonny Hostin then turned to Alyssa Farah and said, you think we should hear from him? She said, yes, I think Kristen Welker is one of the best interviewers out there. And right there, she got him to basically confess to a crime. She said, I'm close friends with Kristen Welker. She knew what she was doing. Yes, once again, Alyssa Farah underlines how she's the quote-unquote real conservative on The View by coming out with the position, I'm close friends with Kristen Welker. I think she did great with Trump. That's apparently the right-wing point of view. Now, anyone who sat down on Sunday to watch this New Meet the Press with the Woman of Color, quickly found out this is not a network that's trying to get to the truth, Brian Stelter. Why do these people always lose their factual grip with Trump? Everyone on conservative Twitter thought the most egregious exchange came on abortion. Now, 
We all know the media elites love to shame Republicans on their so-called extreme abortion bans. 15 weeks, bad. Six weeks, very bad. Trump bizarrely said to Welker that the heartbeat bills were terrible. Does that mean they were terrible as morality, terrible as politics? We didn't get very specific. But that's how much Trump wants to try and shame his opponents out of the race before it begins. De Sanctimonious had a terrible heartbeat, Bill. Try nailing Trump down on a position. It is difficult. But, you know, I never cease to be amazed at the shamelessness of the libs. They try to deny the Democratic position is no limits on abortion, no restrictions, no barriers. Taxpayer subsidies, yes. Shame and stigma, no. It's all there in black and white in the 2020 Democrat platform. We believe in no barriers to choice. Now, Trump has a funny habit of going back to the last governor of Virginia, Ralph Northam, as he was awkwardly talking about favoring abortions after the baby has departed the womb. We would make the baby comfortable. We'd have a chat with the parents to decide, do we execute it now? Yes, this happened again with Welker. Trump went there, and Welker didn't want to handle it. Listen. People, pro-lifers, have the right to negotiate for the first time. They had no rights at all. Because the radical people on this are really the people, the Democrats, that say after five months, six months, seven months, eight months, nine months, and even after birth, you're allowed to terminate the baby. Democrats aren't saying that. I just have to Democrats are not saying that. Does it bother you, though, that women say their lives are being put at risk? Do you feel you bear any responsibility? Because as you say, you are responsible for having Roe v. Wade over This is an issue that's been going on for a long time, and it's a very polarizing Mm -hmm. issue. Now, wait, wait. The abortion industry is eliminating babies by the tens of thousands every year, receiving the full honor and glory of the national press. But Kristen Welker is going to try and shame Trump and say women's lives are at risk because Roe was overturned. And yeah, the pro-abortion propaganda ministers went around to the networks. ABC, CBS, NBC, PBS, NPR, pushing this tale of mothers in red states who had difficulties with their difficult pregnancies because they repealed Roe. Because they always want to paint this image that they are the uh, guardians of women's health. Republicans are somehow against women's health. Doesn't matter if they are women or if they're married to women or have daughters. A woman dying from an abortion is very rare. When it actually happens inside an abortion clinic, the news media doesn't want to discuss it at all. But it's much, much more common that babies die by the thousands who are viable outside the womb, and NBC doesn't want to discuss that. They will all run around saying late-term abortions are rare. Then they'll try to say when Trump says this stuff. They try to imply he's mangling the facts because... Their abortions almost don't happen late term. Well, they're a small percentage of abortions, but if there's three or 400,000 abortions, what's a tiny percentage? 10,000? All right, so let's go back to the rest of this exchange. 
because nobody wants to see five, six, seven, eight, nine months. Nobody wants to see abortions when you have a baby in the womb. I said with Hillary Clinton when we had the debate, I made a statement, rip the baby out of the womb in the ninth month. You're allowed to do that, and you shouldn't be allowed to do that. Again, no one and, and is again, arguing listen, for that. That's look, not a part of anyone's uh, platform, look, Mr. President. The Democrats are able to kill the baby after birth. Let me talk to Nobody you. Nobody wants that. That Democrats don't want that. So Here again, it's this whole idea that, that Trump will say, nobody wants to see abortions at the end of a pregnancy. And Welker's like, no one's arguing for that. Well, yeah, okay. Technically, Welker is correct. What she's saying is Democrats always try to pretend they put their hands over their eyes or their hands over their ears and say, la, 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 there's no late-term abortions. But the consequences of their policy, no barriers, no limits, means there's going to be late-term abortions. And for her to march around saying that's not in anybody's platform, it suggests she hasn't read the 2020 Democrat platform. Or the media wants to simply pretend the Democrats never had a platform. This is one of those places, there's a places in a lot of interviews Republicans give. You know, they get quite feisty with reporters. Trump's pretty feisty here. But they don't you know, say it exactly the way I would want them to say it. You know, I have the Democrat platform here in my pocket. Let me begin to read. The Democrats favor no barriers. You know, throw it right in their face, word for word. Now, here's what's curious. So Kevin Tober does a whole story about how Kristen Welker You've heard of fact-checking in real time. This was fact-mangling in real time. Now, the other thing that I noticed when looking at the transcript of this interview is how she says to Trump, there's no evidence the president has any link to his son's business dealings. Huh? So then, of course, I, I go into the show, and I'm like, where was this in the show? It didn't air in the show. Now, you can get the full transcript of the interview on NBCNews.com. But this chunk where they're extremely contentious, talking about Hunter Biden and Joe Biden and the business dealings, did not air on the first episode of Meet the Press with Kristen Welker. Maybe because it's embarrassing to say there's no evidence the president has any link to his son's business dealings. Where do these people try to say this? It's just like... It's a face plant. It makes no sense to me. I know we're repeating ourselves here at Newsbusters. But this is just crazy. And, of course, he jumps right in then when she says, I don't necessarily agree. She starts trying to say there's no evidence. And, and Trump's like, he called into all these meetings. He was put on speakerphone. Many, many calls. Now, Devin Archer said there were like 20. Well, that's enough to prove a pattern. And what about the fact he got rid of the prosecutor for a billion dollars? This is, again, where they're talking about the prosecutor, Shokin, in Ukraine, which Joe Biden made a big deal about how the, the Americans weren't going to give any aid to Ukraine until they fired this prosecutor. And it just so happened that that's what Burisma wanted, too. The people who were paying Hunter Biden millions of dollars, they also wanted the special prosecutor fired. So Trump's trying to make this point. And Welker's like, 
The witness who testified said he never heard any discussion of business. This is Devin Archer again. He never heard any discussion of business when Biden was put on the phone. Well, this is, again, the game that they play, is that the whole point of this, and Devin Archer explains this when he testified, putting Joe on the phone with the client said, Hunter Biden has Joe Biden's ear. That's the point. He said it under, Devin Archer said, it underlined the brand, put a capital B on that, the brand, the Biden brand, which meant if you wanted influence in Washington, the son of the vice president, it's a good place to start. So look, Joe Biden doesn't have to discuss anything other than the weather because the point they're trying to make is that, yes, you can get access to this guy. Hunter has this guy wired. But you know, this is the game that Kristen Welker and all the rest of them are playing. And Trump's just trying to continue, and she's not having it. And she's like, let's move on. Let's move on to what a second Trump term would look like. You know, She was more interested in asking questions like, are you afraid of going to jail? I don't think any of them asked Hunter Biden if he was afraid of going to jail. You know, I remember Amy Robach and ABC going, is the laptop yours? And Hunter was like, maybe. <laughs> you know, none of these people were tough on Hunter. Of course, nobody was softer on Hunter than Jimmy Kimmel, the comedian no one should be missing. All right, so some of this, speaking of things Kevin Tober did on Sunday, there was also a no evidence roundup on uh, ABC this week with Jonathan Carl. He was talking to Nancy Mace, Republican Congresswoman of South Carolina. Once again, he tries to say there's no evidence of bribery, you know, and she is, there's no evidence connected to Joe. This is the way that they do these things. So uh, listen to this. Was this premature uh, going all the way with an impeachment inquiry? I don't believe so. The facts are everywhere. There are text messages. There are emails. There are witnesses. There are whistleblowers. There are meetings. There are phone calls. There are dinners. And you can't say, hey, there's a little bit of smoke. We're not going to follow the fire. And the inquiry, my understanding is, as you said earlier, gives us expanded subpoena powers. I want the bank records of Joe Biden. All of that should be on the table to prove out the allegations in the SARS reports. We're talking about a significant sum of money. We are talking about bribery. And in the Constitution, I mean, Article 2, Section 4, I mean, that is no, the basis there, for impeachment. There, there's no evidence of bribery. Uh, it, there are witnesses. I mean, the a, 1023 and, form, there are, um, you and, know. And, and you've been there, investigating. I mean, you're, you're on the oversight. There is evidence. I you mean, can't say that there's no evidence There, when there is evidence. And quite frankly, there's no evidence. It was the, it was the fourth state. So they run through all of these things in an extremely fractured way. Um, you know, obviously with Trump, they it, you didn't have to have evidence. You know, you could say there were P-tapes and they all ran with it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you didn't have to have evidence of Trump wrongdoing for them to all talk about it hour on the hour on CNN and MSNBC and the rest of them. It was all, gosh, this really looks bad for Trump. And, you know, if you tried to say there was no evidence of something, they would just say, you are a ridiculous Trumper. Who's listening to you? You're a torrent of lies. That's the way it worked in the, in the Trump years. But we are tired of this whole idea that there's no evidence. And it, this is obviously going to be one of the things that 
the liberal media is just going to stick to. And this is where the test is for journalism. You know, the liberals can't handle that Kristen Welker gave an interview because they don't like journalism. And sometimes you look at these journalists and you're like, you don't like journalism because real journalism would acknowledge that, that Biden being on 20 phone calls implies that he's involved in his son's business dealings. And it doesn't matter what he's talking about. This demonstrates, the phone call demonstrates he's involved in his son's business dealings. And it puts the lie to Biden running around everywhere saying, I never discussed business with my son. The phone calls disprove that. The pictures of Hunter Biden and Joe Biden standing around with Hunter's clients show you Joe Biden was clued in. The phone call where Joe Biden is telling Hunter on a, on a voicemail, I think you're all right on this New York Times story on China and the Chinese profits that the Bidens were making, proves we were all lied to in 2020. This is what Jonathan Carl and Kristen Welker don't want to come back to this whole idea. We're going to come full circle and say the voters were hornswoggled in 2020. They don't want to focus on that, that Biden lied. If you look at Eamon Mulyaldeen did a, a so-called fact check this weekend on MSNBC. There's a blog on that if you want to see some of the video and just see how ludicrous it is. But they're all playing this game of you can't prove Joe got money. Why? Because they put the money into an LLC. Well, the LLCs are, are innocent. No, they're not if you can't figure out where this money went to the Bidens. The fact of the matter is the media doesn't want to know if any money went to Joe. They're just going to sit here and say, you have no evidence that the money went to Joe. Isn't it the media's job to go looking for the evidence? Joe Biden getting money from Ukraine is like Bill Clinton you know, screwing around with interns and other women, they all ran around saying that you were a pervert for trying to ask the questions. They didn't want you asking the questions. Now, that doesn't mean that the journalist has to ask every question, you know, wildly speculating about who Clinton's having sex with or wildly speculating about how many thousands Joe Biden took in. But they don't want to deal with the idea that Hunter Biden was saying, I'm giving half my salary to pop. You know, they don't want to discuss 10% for the big guy. Who's the big guy? They don't want to address that at all. Now, they could try to say, well, everything Hunter Biden's communicating, he's on crack. So he's not a reliable narrator. You can attempt that. But I mean, their spinning here on the Biden scandals is so furious because they're, they look anti-facts. They're, they're, they're against finding them. They're against anyone else sharing them. And they're, and they're just running around saying no evidence like they refuse to acknowledge that facts exist. They are not facts first. They're not even facts last. They're just anti-facts. That's the way they look on this story. And if you want to keep up on it, you got to make sure you come to Newsbusters once, twice, 24 times a day. Thanks for listening.